Welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Lappin, and this is the place where we talk all things lash and beauty business related. Hello and welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. Today I am going to talk about a problem that I know a lot of you have. I have had it myself and hopefully some of my tips will help you if this is something you're struggling with. You may not even know that you're struggling with it, but as I move through my little list here, you will start to realize, oh yeah, maybe maybe this is happening with me and my clients. But today I'm going to talk to you about getting your clients to take you more seriously. And you know, you may think that your clients already take you seriously, uh, but yeah, like I said, as I run through, you might start to pick up little bits and pieces that you go, mm, okay. And also working on, you know, getting them to respect you and your time a little bit more as well, because we all know that there's clients, a lot of them are serial offenders, you know, they'll run late, they will cancel on you last minute or not show up. So we really want our clients to respect our time and treat us like professional business people, especially if you do work from home. I believe that a lot of clients do kind of think that, you know, it might just be a bit of a side gig and you've got all the time in the world and you can, you know, run late or you can do extra, you can fill their lashes more or You know, it doesn't matter if they don't want all the services that they originally booked in for because, you know, they can just change that on the day and it doesn't really matter because you work from home. So we all know that that's not the case, but that is probably what they're thinking. So what I'm going to talk to you today about is how to avoid those sort of situations and sort of make yourself, you know, look more professional so that they do sort of start to treat you like a proper business and a proper business person. So The first thing that I recommend you do if you do not do it already is have a proper booking system. So even if you don't accept online bookings, which if you don't, please start doing it. You want to make it easy for people to do business with you, right? So a lot of people go, oh, you know, I can't get clients. I'm struggling to get clients. I'm struggling to fill these last minute spots. Well, you know, if you don't make it easy for your clients to do business with you or new potential clients to do business with you, you know, of course, you're not going to fill those spots on short notice. So you need to have an online booking system, please. There's even some free ones available out there. Jump on the bandwagon. It's 2024, people. You need to start accepting online bookings. So your booking system needs to send out reminders, okay? So if, you know, you are sending your clients consult forms and reminders, multiple reminders prior to their booking and a confirmation of when they first book in with you so they know their booking is definitely in your system, it's happening, you know, they didn't just press submit and then they didn't hear anything back you know, you need to have something like that set up. So they start to realize that you're a real business, a professional business from the get-go. So with my reminders, this is what I personally do in my own business and I have always done since day dot, is the client, as soon as they click book or if I manually book the appointment for them, or my receptionist or whoever's booked it, they've put the appointment into our booking system 
and they get an email confirmation straight away, right? So that will automatically be sent to them. Then 72 hours before their booking, they get sent an email. This is automated again. This is not something that I am physically doing myself. So you can automate all this with an online booking system. They get that email that asks them to confirm their appointment and it does have a link in that email that allows them to cancel or reschedule. Now, a lot of people in the industry are against having this option. I believe that three days is enough notice for someone to change their appointment or cancel it. I really believe that's enough. Everyone has different shit on. You know, sometimes I need to change things last minute. I'm, I run a service-based business and I know how annoying that can be for the operator, but life happens and we need to be a little bit accommodating about it. You know, maybe not for those serial offenders that do it all the time, but you need to give them the option. And I would way rather give my clients the option to cancel or reschedule on their own three days prior to their booking time than have them not show up or cancel last minute. You know, three days gives me enough time to put somebody else in that spot. So giving them that option, I think, is really, really good. With Timely, I use Timely. I've talked about it before on the podcast. It gives them the option when they do cancel or reschedule at that point, it actually does give them the option that they can rebook their appointment. So I see a lot of like emails coming through when people cancel and then, you know, five minutes later, they've booked a new appointment. So don't feel like it's a lost sale. Don't feel like you can't give your clients that option. But those reminders need to go out all the time. Secondly, you need to be getting deposits or booking fees, whatever you want to call them, or capturing card details. So doing this will make your clients respect your time, right? If you explain exactly why you're taking a deposit or a booking fee, or why you're capturing their card details. So you've got to have this all in the fine print. If people are booking online with you, they need to be able to read your policies, okay? So you need to have them all there. Don't surprise people with your policies when they're cancelling their appointment half an hour before (laughs) they're meant to be there, okay? So I've run into this a lot, you know, someone will come into the salon book a full set and my staff member has not told them that if they don't show up to their appointment or they cancel with less than 24 hours notice, they're going to forfeit their booking fee. And then they fly off the handle because it's the first time they're hearing this information, right? So you need to be clear from the get-go. So if you have your online booking set up, which I highly recommend you do, You need to have all your booking fees there when they're actually going through your online booking process. They need to know every step of the way why they're putting their card details in. What will happen if they cancel last minute? What will happen if they don't show up? You need to be clear with that from the beginning. Now, it just manages people's expectations so much more. You are way less likely to have people that become very unhappy when you inform them when they're calling 15 minutes before their appointment that goes for two hours that they're going to lose their booking fee and that they'll have to pay a new one when they book the next appointment because they weren't aware of it. So make sure that that is all clear and you will find that people tend to respect your time 
and they treat you with a little bit more respect because they will see that you are legitimately making an income. I do believe it is important to have some sort of electronic payment gateway as well, not just all cash or bank deposits. I've known people in this industry that have home salons that will give bank details and they'll do direct deposits and things like that. And this just goes back to making it easy for people to do business with you. You know, if people have to go into their bank account and put account details in and BSB numbers and things like that to transfer the deposit or the booking fee over or, you know, pay the balance, it's just a pain in the ass for everyone involved. It's a pain in the ass for them and it's a pain in the ass for you because you're actually going to have to keep going through your bank account making sure that that payment's actually been received. And ain't nobody got time for that, especially if you plan to grow, okay? So, you know, I usually advise against all cash. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of differing opinions on this. If you do work from home, you know, you can have an all cash business, but it's probably not going to project the best image. And if you are trying to be more professional, if you do want people to see you as a professional business person, you need to accept legitimate forms of payment. And I know that, you know, cash in this country is legal tender. And don't get me wrong, I love a bit of cash. Do not get me wrong. But if you, you know, I'm I'm sidestepping a little bit here, but, you know, if you want to grow your business, you want to apply for lending, you want to buy a house, you want to get a car, you, you know, you want to do bigger and better things, you want to buy an investment property, you need to be able to show the bank proof of your income. And if you are only claiming you earn half as much as what you do or a quarter of as much as what you do, that's not good because the bank's going to go, well, you know, you only earned $20,000 last year. No, we're not going to give you a $500,000 loan for an investment property, for example. So, all of that needs to be running through your bank account. So, I'm not going to give any more advice there. (laughs) I'm not a financial expert and I'm definitely not a tax expert. But yeah, you need to accept proper payments through an online payment gateway or an FPOS terminal in the salon. I've known some business owners to actually take full prepayment upon booking for appointments, which is fine. If you want to run your business like that, you totally can. Or yeah, you capture card details and they pay a percentage upon booking and then the remainder on the day, or, you know, you might do a deposit and then pay the remainder or whatever on the day. But yeah, needs to be all legit. People are going to just see you in a different light. If, you know, you have a proper pause set up with all those communications being sent through in a timely manner, you know, upon booking and then, you know, prior to the appointment, reminding them about it and, you know, reminding them of your policies and things like that. It's just going to set you up for success and, you know, your clients will be happier. You've managed their expectations from the get-go. All right, so next thing, you need to have a professional-looking salon, right? So this goes for home salons and this goes for commercial salons as well. So you want to have a nice waiting area. You want to have a nice pause area, a reception counter. It's really nice to be able to take your clients to some sort of desk at the end of the appointment and check them out. So, take payment. 
Sometimes it can be a little bit awkward asking for the sale if you're sitting on the bed next to them or they've just sat up from having their lashes done or their treatment, their brows, whatever, and, you know, you're standing there with an FPOS machine in your hand. It's nice to be able to get up. They can have a look at their brows or their lashes or whatever, have a look in the mirror, you know, grab their stuff and then walk to some sort of reception counter. It doesn't have to be big, right? You can just have a small counter with your iPad or your laptop or whatever sitting there. But, you know, people sort of automatically know that when you bring them over to a reception area where there's a till, you know, you, you've got payment processes there like an FPOS machine or whatever um, or a square machine, they kind of instinctively know that you're going to ask for the sale. So it's less awkward. I know a lot of you have problems with asking for the sale. This is something that I struggled with early on as well, especially when you feel a little bit guilty if you've got some little money hang-ups. I know I actually, (laughs) I used to feel guilty asking for payment when I first started out in the beauty industry because I just enjoyed what I did so much. I remember my first ever job sort of on my own terms was doing freelance makeup in a hair salon for a bridal party. And I felt so guilty at the end, like taking away this wad of cash. Now, (laughs) I know that I've just talked about cash, but this was 16 years ago. (laughs) So, you know, um, the hairdresser, the owner of the hair salon took a percentage and then I took the percentage. But I felt so guilty because I just felt weird getting paid for the last few hours. I just had the best time. I made everybody else feel beautiful and I got to have chats with everyone and, you know, like everyone was really lovely and I just truly had such an enjoyable morning doing everyone's makeup that I felt, how do you get paid for this? How do you get paid for doing something that you love so much? It's 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 very weird and I've spoken to a lot of people in the industry about this and I think a lot of people struggle with this. They feel guilty and that's and they discount at the last moment, you know. If someone came in and their lashes weren't too bad, for example, they'll come to the pause area and they'll go, oh, yep, you know, say the refill's normally 105 and you had allocated 60 minutes for their appointment but you only took 55 minutes, say, and then they, oh, don't worry, just give me 80 bucks today, that's fine. It's like a guilt thing. It's a, a weird thing that we do. And I, t- I feel like women tend to do it as well. Like we really sort of undercut ourselves, but we are professional business people. So we do need to charge accordingly. We need to account for all of our time that we are working and we need to be paid for what we do. So having a professional setup, like a little pause area, a reception counter, where you do take payment, it really does take away that awkwardness because your client instinctively knows that they are going to have to pay. And sometimes they just get their phone out or they just get their cash out or their wallet out instinctively because they know that they have to pay. So it really, really does take the awkwardness out of it. And it serves as a little bit of a break in the conversation as well. So we all know what it's like when you are just ingrained in this conversation with your client on the bed And, you know, they're getting up because you're finishing and you might have another two clients waiting and, you know, you might be running a little bit late or something like that. But it actually gives you a chance to sort of switch the conversation to, okay, you know, we need to talk about aftercare or we need to talk about 
products that you need to buy. We need to talk about your future appointments and we need to talk about payments. So, it just serves, you know, as a little bit of a break and it's a really, really good idea. So, if you do have a home set up and you haven't got a dedicated pause area or a reception counter, I would definitely think about investing in that sometime soon because it will sort of add that extra layer of professionalism to your business. You also need to have your treatment area presented really, really nicely. So I have talked about this in previous episodes of this podcast, you know, about cleanliness and presentation and things like that. But I'm just going to tell you again, you know, you need to have a really clean, well-presented treatment area. If you don't, if there's weird smells, if there's kids crawling around on the floor, if there's crumbs everywhere, if there's screwed up tissues and dirty tint bowls and things like that sitting on your trolley, it doesn't present you in the best light. So make sure that all of it's clean. You've got a chance to tidy up in between clients and sanitize everything and, you know, get fresh tools out, fresh products and things like that. It's going to present you in a much more professional light and your clients will see you as the specialist that you are. Next point. This is one I get a little bit of, you know, differing opinions on, but I am such an advocate for uniforms. So if you work from home, it doesn't matter. Please wear a uniform. Wear something professional. Get your logo printed on it or embroidered. Show up to work. People don't take you as seriously if you are wearing, you know, a pair of cut-off denim shorts and an old T-shirt when they come to your house and pay you good money to perform a service on them. So have the respect for yourself and have the respect for your client to wear a proper uniform, present yourself properly, have your hair tied back, have your makeup done. If you get your lashes done, they need to look good all the time. If you're a brow artist, you know, your brows need to look good all the time. I know that it's difficult sometimes to fit these treatments in for ourselves, but it's really important. You are selling your service and people will not take you seriously or think that you are very good at what you do if your brows are a mess or your lashes are all over the shop or you rolled out of bed and just chucked like a floral dress on and a pair of thongs. Thongs in America, (laughs) flip-flops. I need to remember that. We've got some Americans in the audience. Uh, Yeah, chucked on a pair of flip-flops and, you know, like a little skimpy dress. It doesn't present yourself in the most professional light for your clients. So please, please, please start wearing a uniform. I had so many compliments about my uniform when I wore a uniform from home. I always have worn a uniform. It makes my mornings flow a lot easier as well when I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear to work. It's awesome. You know, you save so much time. I don't know about anybody else, but I've spent ages picking out outfits. So it just eliminates that indecision every morning. You always look good. If you have a team, your team always looks good. If I had a dollar for every single time someone compliments my team or, you know, my salon, my business about how it looks, I'd probably be pretty rich because I literally get messages on Instagram nearly every second day about my uniforms, asking me where they come from or do I know of any other suppliers or blah, 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 blah. So, Wearing a uniform is a game changer. Your clients, as soon as they see you for the first time, 
they're going to think that you are a professional. Next point, run on time. (laughs) Now, I know that this is something that I am not always good at. I do talk a lot and I do like to take care of my clients. So I do often run five to 10 minutes late, especially because all my appointments are booked back to back as well. I like to live life on the edge. I don't like putting in padding time between clients. Time is money. Money is time. I just like to smush everyone in. I've always run my business this way. I run back to back. So I try and run on time. People, you know, if you are constantly texting people, moving their appointments by half an hour or even more. I see this done a lot. Just say you had originally five clients booked in for the day, back to back, and your whole morning fell over, right? Your first client was still coming in at 10, but then you had a big gap until two o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, you straight on the phone trying to get those two o'clock clients moving up till, you know, 11 a.m. to fill that gap and then you'll be finished for the day. Now, I see this a lot and it's not professional. You can do it occasionally, especially if you've got something on or, you know, you had last minute plans or you've got to go to the doctor or whatever, you know, people understand that kind of stuff. But I have seen some businesses, some people that I've worked with, they do it all the time. They are moving their clients around all the time. And I don't know about you, but I definitely, as a client, if this was happening to me, I would definitely start to lose respect for that business or that business person. I probably wouldn't respect their time as much as I would, as if every, you know, every appointment always remained the same. You know, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable booking appointments into the future because probably going to be moved anyway. The last five appointments haven't been at the time that I originally made them for, so why would I pre-book? So try and run on time if you can help it. Don't move appointments around all the time. Please don't. And try and run back to back as well. So this just goes into, you know, creating that fear of missing out and also presenting yourself as a professional business. So if your clients come and you have, you know, 20 minutes padding time before and after every appointment, they come to your place of business, your home or your commercial salon or wh- wherever you're working from, and they never see any other clients there. They never see you checking another client out at the end of their appointment, or they never see anybody else in the waiting area because you have all this padding time in between. They're never going to feel that urgency to pre-book appointments with you as well, right? They're going to be like, oh, well, she doesn't seem busy. They might not consciously think this, but they're just going to be like, well, I never see anybody else there, so she mustn't be that busy. So running your appointments back to back or with very short padding times in between, maybe only five minutes or so, you know, you want your clients to think that you're always busy. You want them to book in advance, right? So make sure that they occasionally see other people there. And of course, if they don't think you're busy, they're not going to take you as seriously either. So you're going to be like, oh, this girl's just randomly doing, you know, people's lashes every now and again. You know, I can change my appointments last minute. I can rock up 20 minutes late. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if I ask her for an extra half an hour because she's never got any other clients in. So making sure that they see other people there is a really, really good idea as well. Next, 
your online presence needs to be professional. So obviously websites are no-brainer. A lot of people in the industry, especially when they first start out, they go, I don't need a website. Now, there is a lot of people that will argue with me on this one, but I believe that you do need a website. I think it is the best way to solidify yourself as a professional business. If you have a website that is on brand and, you know, it's got all of your policies listed on there, it has testimonials, it has photographs of your work, it has a blog for, you know, maximum search capability. So Google SEO, it's really great to have a blog. Even if you don't update it regularly, if you've got a couple of blog posts that you've written geared towards your clients, uh, it's, it's a really, really good idea. I'm certainly guilty of not updating my blog, <laughs> but anyway, I have a few blogs on there and, and people have found my website, both my websites, my salon and my own website, just from SEO, which is fantastic. So having that, having all your treatments listed there with the prices, having a photo of yourself, telling your story, having photos of your team, you know, there are some people that do a lot of online research before they go and book with someone. And I can tell you now, As a client, I definitely would go with the salon that has a better online presence than someone who has no online presence at all, that doesn't have a proper website. So a lot of people will just have a mini website or they'll just have their online booking website without any, you know, proper website with a domain name. So (laughs) this is another thing. I think I might have spoken about this before on the podcast, but if you've got your own domain name, so... For example, I'll use my own, www.aluralashes.com.au, which I probably should have had a Lua Lash and Beauty Bar, thinking back, but I think at the time I wanted something a little bit shorter, and now subsequently my business gets called Alua Lashes a lot. But anyway, my email addresses all have that domain name. So I believe that this makes you look more professional as well, like having aluralashes at gmail.com or aluralashes at hotmail.com. It does not look professional. I'm sorry, but it doesn't. It looks like you can't be bothered setting up your own domain and it looks like you're too tight to pay for an email address. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just keeping it real here. You know, so my email address is like lauren at aluralashes.com.au. Sarah, my salon manager, is sarah at aluralashes.com.au. I have a hello at aluralashes.com.au. When I used to have Runway Lash Co, all of my email addresses were lauren at runwaylashco.com.au. You know, support at runwaylashco.com.au. It just sets the scene right from the get-go that you are a proper business and, you know, you've taken the time to do all these things properly. Your social media also needs to be on brand. So making sure that you're sticking with the same colors and fonts and things like that. If you do not know what the hell I'm talking about, please invest in a branding expert or a graphic designer that can help you with this and give you a style guide. It just looks so much nicer when all of your posts instantly recognizable as you, right? So this also stems through to, you know, sharing weird stuff on your your Instagram so or Facebook. If you have a business page or business account for your business, don't be putting stuff on there like kid stuff or like 
out with your friends stuff on the weekend and things like that. It just is really confusing for your audience. So have a think about why you have a business page on Facebook or Instagram. It's not to put whatever you want on there. It's to actually promote yourself and promote your business, grow your business and actually reach new clients, potential clients in your local area. So don't be trying to impress other lash artists or other people or your friends or your family or whatever or keep them up to date with your personal life on your business Instagram. And again, I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone, but I see this all the time. I follow a lot of you on socials and I get very confused when I see someone's kids at the park and I can see their lashes by Amy or something like that. I'm like, why am I looking at these kids running around in the park? Like this has nothing to do with lashes. It has nothing to do with this salon. I'm very confused right now. Why do I follow this person? (laughs) I know that we build up friendships and I'm actually going to get to that in my next point. I know that we build up friendships and, and, you know, our clients follow us and they are interested in things that we're doing in our personal life, which is great, but let them follow you on your personal account. Don't do it on your salon account. So keep it all centered around the thing that you're promoting. Unless you're doing takeovers or whatever. I've done this before in the past with my team. Um, You know, they've taken over stories for a day and shown little snippets of their life outside of work, which is great every now and then. But Maybe some people would get confused if they come across that in stories. That's why you need to introduce it carefully first at the start of the day. We need a start, a middle and a finish for all of our stories. I know that I'm getting a little bit into marketing here, but you you need to set the scenes first. So today we're doing a day in the life of Carly from Alua Lash, Lash and Beauty Bar and she's going to be on stories all day, all day today showing you her day at the salon and then what she does after work. So, you know, the person knows exactly what they can expect. And then we have the middle, so what's happening, and then a finish. So Carly would sign off at the end of the day saying, okay, you know, that's me now. Hope you all enjoyed the stories. See you all next time or, you know, back to normal programming tomorrow or something like that. So we need a start, a middle, and an ending. And then people tend to understand a little bit more about what's going on. But if you just launch straight into a takeover with no explanation of what's happening, your audience is going to get very confused and have the same reaction to me as looking at someone's kids running through a park. You know, they're going to be like, why is this person on this account? Why am I following this account again? I don't know. Unfollow. Well, you know, swipe next and then that tanks your reach. So keep it professional. Stick to your main content pillars and themes and save the personal stuff for a personal account. All right, last point here today for people that want to be taken a little bit more seriously by their clients and seen as a professional. Now, conversations with you while they're in the salon. I know that you can build relationships with your clients to a point where you know, you're even friends. And some of my friends started out as clients with me. I actually, I can probably count more than 10 people that I'm quite close with that, you know, started out as clients with me. And, you know, it was because we had these deep and meaningful conversations every two weeks when they came in for their lashes. And, you know, they know a lot about my life and I know a lot about their life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not saying 
one way or the other, don't do this or yes, do do this. I think that you do need to develop a relationship with your clients so that they do feel important and they do keep returning to your business, you know, year on year. But how friendly is too friendly? Do you have a boundary on that? Maybe have a think about this and have a little bit of a line drawn in the sand for yourself as to how much you will share with someone or, you know, how much you know about this person or am I going to stop this person talking if this is getting too much or or whatever. You know, like I said, I'm not really one way or the other, like don't do it or yes, do it. But it's something to keep in mind when your relationship with somebody is or your friendship is, you know, deepening. Because what happens is when clients start to move into that friend territory, they can start to push those boundaries in terms of appointments. They might message you if they've got your phone number, your personal number, or they've got your personal Instagram account or whatever. They might message you directly and go, oh, I can't make my appointment at nine o'clock tomorrow. You know, they might message you at 10 o'clock at night the night before. I can't make my appointment at nine o'clock tomorrow because I'm at the pub and I'm really drunk and I know I'm going to be hungover. So sorry. Haha, <laughs> knew you'd understand though. You know, this has definitely happened to me. Okay, so they think that, you know, you're friends and it's okay if they push that boundary and it's not okay because you're a service-based business provider and you have a business to run and it's your livelihood, it's your money and it's not okay to cancel appointments last minute. But because that friend line's been crossed, people think, oh, you know, Lauren won't mind, you know, we're friends, we're mates, it's okay. She won't mind if like... I don't show up or she'll understand because, you know, I'm hooking up with a new guy and I slept over at his house for the first time last night and, you know, I just, I can't leave early and go get my lashes done, you know, for whatever reason. But I know you guys know what I'm talking about because it happens all the time, especially if you are a lash artist and you're listening, you know, we spend a lot of time with our clients, a lot of time. You do build a relationship with someone if they're coming to see you for an hour or an hour and a half every two to three weeks, you get to know someone quite well. And yeah, I just want to encourage you to think about boundaries. You know, do I want to allow people to be friends with me on Facebook? Do I let them message me directly about appointments or do I put a boundary there and I say, look, I don't actually talk about appointments. I don't have access. You know, you can tell a white lie and say, I don't have access to my booking system on this phone, um, <laughs> my personal phone. I'll have to wait till I go into the salon. Or, you know, if you're getting messages like that, do you wait till business hours resume and you say, okay, when I get into the salon, I will message you back about this on the work phone. In future, can you send all imp- appointment inquiries or reschedule requests through to the work phone so that, you know, I have all the communication in the same place. So putting those boundaries out there, you know, when things like that happen, because they do happen all the time, it just elevates you again as more of a professional. They kind of snap back to reality and go, oh, yes, she's got a business to run. Yes, we're friends, but I can't be messaging like this at 11 o'clock at night, the night before my appointment, or I need to message the work phone 
so that, you know, all the communication's in the same place and nothing gets lost, nothing gets forgotten. I had this happen with staff. So you need to consider, you know, if you're growing as well, clients following staff and messaging them directly. What boundaries have you got there? Now, I don't tell my staff not to be friends with their clients because I'm friends with some of my clients, you know, but there needs to be a boundary where all salon communication is kept in one centralised place so that nothing gets forgotten because I actually had a staff member, you know, get a message at 10 o'clock at night about rescheduling an appointment in two weeks and she said, oh, yeah, no worries, I'll do that tomorrow at the salon and she completely forgot about it, right, because who wouldn't? You find something out when you're tired at 10 o'clock at night, promise yes because you're a people pleaser, you're a good service provider, you say yes, no worries, you're friendly with this person, yep, I'll look after that for you. You know, you go to bed, you get up the next day, you go to work, you go through the motions and you completely forget. So this is really important to, I'm not saying again, be friends or don't be friends with your clients, but there needs to be some boundaries in place. So it's up to you what those boundaries are, but I can definitely say that centralizing all communication has definitely been a really good one for me. People know just not to message me directly now about anything to do with appointments. They know that they have to contact the salon. They need to message the work page. They need to message Sarah because, yeah, there needs to be something there so that, you know, things don't get forgotten, things don't get missed and, you know, boundaries get pushed because, you know, I've had people try and bypass my receptionist because they know that she's going to charge them for cancelling late or not coming or whatever and they've messaged me thinking that because we're friends, I'm going to let it slide. So have some boundaries in place for this. People will see you as more of a professional and it will be a little bit easier as well to manage things if you have those things in place from the get-go. But that is all I have for you today. I hope that you found this episode really helpful, especially if, if you are struggling with, you know, clients pushing the boundaries, you know, in regards to any of the things that we talked about today. If you have something that you want to hear me speak about on this podcast or you want to hear me interview someone, I would love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out on Instagram. You can find me there at Lauren Lappin underscore. I would love to hear from you. Send me a DM. And as always, if you've ever gotten anything out of this show, I put a lot of work into this and a lot of time and effort and money goes into producing it for you. It's obviously free of charge. I would love it if you would return the favour in the form of a lovely review. I love to read them all. It is so heartwarming when I get lovely reviews for this podcast and also it helps the reach with this podcast as well. So that is all I've got for you today. I will see you all online soon.